This is Garage Logic Podcast number 72. January 3rd of the new year, 2019. It was 28 below on this day in 1887 and as warm as 46 in 1880. We might get to that in the next few days. Uh, we're brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Good afternoon. We lost uh, the late, great Gene Okerlund yesterday. Man, oh man. And I share uh, Patrick Ricey's sentiment that I felt that I knew him, but I never had a sit-down with him. I never really talked to him. Mm. We're joined now by his son, Todd Okerlund. Hi, Todd. Hello, Joe. Sorry about your dad, Todd. Well, thank you. He had, a, as I just was telling Rookie, had a hell of a run and a great life. He got to do what he loved to do for about 45 years, and uh, he worked, Joe, right up till a month ago, almost right into the ground. And uh, it, brought him, it kept him alive and brought him to life, and nobody had more fun than him. Whatever it is, he got it. Does that make sense? He, I think he got his role so perfect you couldn't uh, you couldn't have replaced that. You know, he's kind of uncanny for a, for a small town kid from Sisseton, South Dakota, who had a good voice. Yep. But he had the ability to think on his feet, and that that drove his success. And somehow he was the perfect guy for his role, and he got that opportunity from the Ganyas. I just talked to Greg Ganya, and he ran with it, and he had a great career, and. Uh, you know, I had as much fun as anybody watching them, to be honest. Well, growing up, did you get to to be with him on the set and, and watch him work with these goofballs? Yes, I did, Joe. And, uh, you know, my dad brought me along a few times, and then we started having some behavioral problems at school, and I was immediately suspended from attending <laughs> any more uh, events. But I was a fan and everything like everybody else because there was nothing else. You know, you could watch Fran Kukla and Ollie face the nation or uh, – wrestling on Sunday morning. I was like everybody else. I was watching wrestling. Right. And, and he has always attributed uh, his break to Vern Gagne. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. Because uh, Marty O'Neill uh, was unavailable because of a strike one day, and <laughs> Vern, right. Vern grabbed your dad and said, let's go, and your dad was uh, was just canny enough to really latch onto that and get it. I never I never liked the fact that he was called Mean Gene. I think that's Jesse. Jesse was just being alliterative and thought, hey, watch this, I can rhyme, Mean Gene Okerlund. <laughs> he wasn't mean. He was the voice of reason, I thought. Well, he was. He was the guy that could clear the fog up out of all the arguments. But the other thing where he did get mean, Joe, and you guys know how it is putting out shows every week, they had to do uh, promos for markets, and when guys would screw up their interview, yep. Mean Gene got mean. Oh, okay. <laughs> mean Gene got mean. And he didn't like guys that couldn't spit their words out. And uh, <laughs> he'd let them know, I don't want to do two takes. We're doing one take and out of here. Did he ever get hurt? He never really got hurt. You know, uh, he took a fall here at the end of his life quite a few times, but he never got hurt in the wrestling business and nobody ever really laid a hand on him. Well, was that, was that the, was that the contractual arrangement that look, you guys, uh, you play along with Gene, he's going to be your interviewer, but he doesn't get hit. Yeah. And I don't know if that was a contractual, uh, issue, Joe, that's a respect issue. Yeah. And that's, you got to earn that within the, within the business with the boys. And that's how work is done. So, you know, there's always a comeuppance and, 
there's a little lay of the land, and he he paid his dues and worked his way up and kept his mouth shut when he should and opened it when when he when he could. Well, at, at what point? Okay, uh, you know the Ganias. Yeah, he got his start. He was with the AWA locally here. He was unbelievably popular, and then that jump to WWF WWE. He must have been looking around, cashing some of those checks in disbelief that this was his career and he was getting paid this amount of money and this type of fame to do that. Well, yeah, him and my mom even more. And uh, he was, <laughs> yeah, running around cashing checks. And she goes, how are you going to make a living doing wrestling for crying out loud? And he said, well, there's some money in this. And mm-hmm. here's what happened is, that, you know, and then in 84, that the good point is, uh, Vince McMahon decided to do his run and on this thing called cable TV, right. I'll never forget my dad saying, I'm making a jump to cable. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Hulk. I'm going with Jesse and Bobby. And mm-hmm. we're all going out to work for Vince McMahon at WWF at the time. And we're going to give this a run. And I know he, he told me 90 days later, he said, they're giving me more salary and I'm going to be working on end week over week out here and just going to keep going. This thing is taken off. And the rest was history, you guys. It just it just poured out from there. I mean, I remember watching, and Rook probably does too, watching Saturday Night Live in the 80s. All of a sudden, there's Saturday Night's main event. What happened to Saturday Night Live? And my dad's on there. Yep. I mean, I couldn't. That's, that's big time to me. Right. And everybody that has followed your dad has tried to, you know, in markets all across the country, they tried to do exactly what he did. I mean, he was the. Uh, he was the first one to do it, and everybody tried to copy him after. That's the that's the best form of flattery. Yeah, and I'll tell you what he he had a steadfast confidence in people, and I'll say showbiz or entertainment, they got to have an ego, and there's a reason why. But I I asked him one time. I said, "You're pretty good at what you do," and he said, "No, I'm not." He goes, "I'm the best at what I do." Okay. And I <laughs> turned back and I said, "It would that's a pretty confident statement." And he goes, "It's a correct statement." And he walked away. I got and, a, uh, I got a, I got an email from a guy named Bert who said, "R.I.P. Mean Gene Oakland, loudest boat on Big Sandy Lake." Yeah, he did. <laughs> he, he, he and Hulk did promo for Erwin uh, Jacobs for the Scarab Line, and he, he got his boat for helping out with the dealer show. <laughs> <laughs> And it ran. Was he was he around to enjoy your hockey career? Was he a, a present, or was he just too damn busy? Yeah, you know he he got there when he could. That's yeah. for sure. At the end, we were all so busy. But he, uh, geez, he loved the Gophers, and uh, the Olympic team was a huge thing for us, especially when you know the Miracle on Ice and gold medal in '80. You know that that was huge. And then uh, on my stint in New York, you know he was never even got to see me play really, and he was you know busy busy traveling around the world. Well, you were drafted by the island, and and uh, but at the at the height of your getting drafted would have been the height of his career, I would imagine. Yeah, they were kind of intersecting right there, even at the '88 uh, Olympics. You know, at that right. time, my dad only got out there for like three or four days of the two weeks of uh, Olympics. He was just too busy. How's your knee? Are you able to have a good life with your bad knee? I can uh, pull right up to the rail at the at the beer joint, Joe, and get going right away. And uh, if uh, you know my reputation, I always have a lot of fun. In fact, uh, I think that's a genetic link to my dad. We we know how to get into a beer joint, have fun, and air out some guys on some one-liners and have a good time. Did your dad ever keep up connections with people in Sisseton, South Dakota? Yeah, he still has family out there and still uh, we're going to put ashes there. My first boss, Todd, my first boss in the in the in the writing industry was a guy named Jim Kearney from Sisseton, South Dakota. I wouldn't be surprised oh, if they might have known each other. 
they, they had to because there wasn't much there. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it was amazing. It's a small little town, but he loved it. He, you know, loved it till the end. Who has reached out to you uh, from your the wrestling? I'm sure locally you've heard from many others, but who are who are you impressed that has reached out to you so far since they heard the it, news? It's been almost everybody, but I just got off the phone with Greg Gagne mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Brunzel and, you know, all the all the guys, the local guys. I mean, I, we're friends with a lot of, you know, uh, the Clawmaster, and we're friends with a lot of people going way back. And my dad's best friends, even to the end, Bobby Heenan's up in the big ring in the sky. But Nature Boy and my dad are still good friends. They were right till the end. And Hulk and my dad were good friends. I mean, they they, they get along. In fact, Hulk tributed my dad with his, you know, his signature drink of blue, blue cheese martini. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> drinking it and celebrating my dad. Oh, and Joe, he, he had plenty of practice. He, he was not a one or two <laughs> martini guy. Never just had one. That's Joe's problem <laughs> and mine as well. We never just had one. Jesse had no. kind words too. Jesse Ventura. Well, he, you know, and they, they, those two, you talk about the secret sauce and having the magic together, but those two guys would get together and come right off the hip with everything, and it was fantastic. And, I mean, even when how they came up with the ridiculous Mean Gene name, right. it, it just, uh, they got on there, and I couldn't wait to watch that. In fact, you know, the interviews became more entertaining to me than the matches. Oh, absolutely. They were. Absolutely. Yeah. We went, we'd yeah. go to a mass at Nativity on Sunday morning. It was 1030 mass, so we'd have to hightail it because the, the last half an hour was the best part of the show. The first one was sod buster, a couple of matches, but the yeah, last half an matches, hour, yeah. quality yeah. interviews. Let me tell you something yeah. about Mean Gene. That now, and then Gene, Gene would go, hold on a minute there. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse, the Bonnie Adrian Adonis, come on in here. Let's talk, yeah. boy. A very poor impersonation. I apologize. But those were his. No, that, that, that wasn't good. an affected voice. He had great pipes. Yeah, he had. He was a broadcaster before he was a wrestling announcer, and that's. He always said that gave him a leg up because he always thought he had the voice talent to start with. Well, and he was early on. He's a rock and roll guy, right? Yeah, he did some rock and roll, disc jockey, and <laughs> yeah, anything he could, and you know, promos and. He's good at even, you know, when we do 30 and 60 second spots, he's a pro. He knows how to do it. He knows how to, we're, you know, the inflection and everything else and how to breathe. He's a, he knew that's, that's what he can do. He couldn't make a plane reservation, but he could do a ad lib 30 second promo <laughs> right. cut right off the cuff. Where is the uh, final ceremony for your dad down in Sarasota? It'll be in Sarasota, but I already have talked to a few of my uh, luminaries up in the city of Minneapolis and, uh, We'll be celebrating his life at a couple of beer joints around town, and he had his haunts, and from Runyon's, the Loon, to the local, to Zalo's and Hoyt's and everything mm-hmm. in between. So we'll, we'll we'll have a run up there and tell stories and exchange uh, stuff that happened over the years, but there's some incredible stories. How's your mother? You know, she's, after 55 years of marriage, she's, she's, she's a little, uh, a little uh, beat. And yeah. uh, she she kind of kept my dad upright the last year and a half because he really, you know, he was really immobile and, and needed a lot of help this last year and a half. And she was up to the task, all mm-hmm. 120 pounds of her. But uh, it was tough on her. But uh, it, it, it was clear the time had come. Mm-hmm. He, he really, he, he was he was ready. It, it was time. Okay. Did Gene enjoy, did your mom enjoy the, the, the lifestyle of, you know, he was, he was working hard, but... You know, he put her up in pretty good digs there after a while, right? Yeah, yeah. She did not enjoy the wrestling business one damn bit, but she she liked the benefits of the wrestling business, right. to say, probably. But she she never uh, 
she never really liked it. She liked certain characters, and she liked, you know, she kind of meets Cindy Lauper and all the Rick Derringer and all the people he worked with through rock and wrestle and even Trump and everything else. And she she liked that, but she wasn't a big wrestling person, and she didn't particularly like the the other performers. Where my dad was, that was his life, and that's who he was real at home with, and loved to be around. Well, he's going to wow. be missed, Todd. It was uh, he? He was a lot of fun. He he brought a, he brought uh, he brought more color to that game than uh, than anyone that preceded him or has followed him. That would have made him real happy, Joe, because that's all that's all he was trying to do is just make it a better show and and have a little fun along the way. And he sure as hell did. Well, best of luck and uh, Godspeed to your dad. Thanks very much, Joe and rookie. Good talking to you guys. All, all right, right Todd, thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Thank Mean Gene Okerlund. I think you summarized it perfectly. Whatever it was. He got it. He got it. Mm-hmm. He knew this was. <laughs> but with those interviews, but from everybody, he'd do Buck Rock and Roll Zoomhoff. It wasn't always just Jesse and the Hulk. Right. His, his knowing when not to say something and giving them that blank exactly. stare yes. was, was uh, so wise. Well, the other thing he did, and I should have mentioned this to Todd, I'm sure it was by design. He was the guy who always appeared in a nice suit and tie while while his characters became increasingly flamboyant <laughs> yes. in their in their costumes. Yes. And and he was the steady rock. Yeah. He was the steady rock in the suit and tie. That spot also, I think it was so important that he didn't look as if he was intimidated in the least. Don't you think that that was a huge part of that? Yeah, that's why I wanted to know if they ever beat him up. <laughs> Cuz he yeah, they'd finish an interview and and he would say they would be done, and they're about to go to black, but he would walk away and say, now that's just crazy stuff. Or yeah. why did he, you know, he was, yeah. you know, a little off-camera off, off camera right, line, right, but right. It was you were going, wow, that was brilliant. Uh, well, I, like Pat wrote today, uh, Pat had an, is Pat joining us today? Yes, uh, he'll be on later in the uh, show. Because Pat is saying, geez, the same day, Gene Okerlund and Super Dave died. <laughs> Super Dave was funnier than hell on Letterman. But he was really funny on uh, Kirby Enthusiasm. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, he, what was his name? Mark? Marty, 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 Marty Funkhauser. Funkhauser. Marty Funkhauser. Should we tell that joke? I don't think no. we can tell the I joke. Didn't know that his, <laughs> I didn't know that one of his brothers changed his name and became Albert Brooks. Yeah. yeah. I, I learned that at his death. Yeah, I, I did, not, know, I did that. not know that either. Two similar entertainers, really, uh, in oh. terms of, the, uh, of their uh, uh, playing straight guys a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, they both were because Super Dave never smiled yeah. and always stayed in character if he was on TV. All right, thank you. Just a moment. This guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a PhD, Joe Souchere. You know what today is? Uh, today is the third. I, the I, groinies. Oh, the that's, groinies. That's right. That's going to be later on, or when do you want that? I think we'll do it in the next segment. Okay. We can handle that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny right now. I know that the date of this podcast is January 3rd. And 2019 already. Yeah, and we've gone through maybe, I don't know, a week and a half of waking up or in the middle of the day not knowing what day or the date is because it's that bad week after Christmas right. between New Year's. Now I, you were you you were on a little vacation. Yeah. You went on a, a, a dry run. Well not dry run, I'm sorry. It's very poor poor wording. Well, you went on a uh, a run down you south. think I got news for you. <laughs> you went uh, where'd you do? Where'd you go? 
Mexico? Yeah. Puerto Vallarta. How was that? If you were between the ages of six and 15, it was probably the trip of a lifetime. All right. And what if you were maybe, I don't know, close? And I had eight kids falling in that range. Okay. And then what would no, your— No, I had seven. There was a two and a half, then seven in the right age, and then a guy who's—how uh, old is he? I don't know, 17. Uh, and how was that two-and-a-half-year-old? That was a little rough. That was that was a little rough. That's a tough. That's tough to put a little kid on a plane that early in the morning. Oh man! Go to a different country. Go to a different country and go through customs. Now, sure. did the, the did the two and a half year old do what my three year old did last year, where he was a lap passenger, but he wanted his own seat? Well, you have Ooh. to. He had to have his own seat, didn't he? Well, this kid had to have her own seat. Were you pushing the envelope? We're, I have to inform my friend at the airport. We're pushing it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> But it, but Puerto Vallarta uh, uh, is gorgeous. Uh, it's a it's I a bet. bay. Uh, it's on a bay, and uh, saw whales and dolphins and your Pacific uh, side. Any right. parasailing? No. You? I no. I will no. not do that anymore. Wet bike on the ocean? No, no. Did have a fishing trip on the ocean? Did you mm-hmm. catch anything? Uh, two of the boys caught a uh, caught grouper. a uh, fish. Okay. Uh, when do we kill the grouper? Later on, you can ask me about my ice fishing this this past weekend. Well, I'd like to hear that. Yeah, yeah not no, let's let's finish up with well, Puerto Vallarta. What's though. neat about? I mean, did, did you see any sights? Any sounds? Oh is, yeah, is some history. Oh yeah, I went downtown, uh, which is a real downtown. It's a 15th century enclave. Right, you went down there to conduct commerce, buy some Mexican you know, stamps, taco joints, and uh, very vicious Trump T-shirts for sale. Oh boy, a- and uh, no holds barred on those T-shirts, by the way. Uh, they were very they interesting. Were, I'll show you the pictures. Okay. I don't think we can even post them. No, I don't. Tell think me, you stopped can. at one of the street taco joints, though. That's where all the locals. Oh, yeah. eat. Okay, I good, did. Good, good. I did. And and then and then uh, me and the oldest uh, kid, we uh, we went downtown and uh, we went to the Church of Guadalupe, which oh, is neat. ancient. Okay. And it was Saturday, uh, mid afternoon, Saturday afternoon. Getting ready for that massive anticipation. And we went in and uh, we thought, hey. We're just in time for communion. This counts. This will count. This counts. This counts. <laughs> and, uh, yes. and we're standing in the back, and the priest is jabbering away up there, and I'm thinking, well, they're getting ready here. And there we go. A priest and another priest came in front of the altar, and they're, they were jabbering away and calling everybody, hombres, 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 hombres. And, and I thought, uh, well, you know, I'm a bad waiter. What? Well, are you going to get to the— You got a homily? What? What What do you got? What's what's going on here? And and so I went to the middle aisle where I could look straight up and see what was going on. We were at a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Hombre! Mr. and Mrs. Fuentes, welcome to the world. Here you are. Here's the mayor in his flip-flops. No, I didn't. I don't own (laughs) flip-flops. But I had the tennis shoes on with the black socks. Straw, and, straw hat with the, uh, and, the Mexican and hat. So we didn't want to disturb you know, the wedding. So we just kind of skulked away. Kind of skulked away. Yeah, that's uh, didn't know didn't know that we were oh at a wedding before they passed yeah. the hat. I need to know the attire. What seriously? What were you wearing? Well, I had a t-shirt on. Make Mexican great again. Make Short. Mexico great again. T-shirt, shorts, and my uh, tennis shoes with black socks. I mean, I had oh. my I had my tourist outfit on. Right, oh. you know. Yeah, put a wall around this with <laughs> yeah. an arrow. Yeah. You know. And, Did you and, have the uh, feeling golfy hat on? No, I did. I had a. Well, you would have taken that off because you were in church. You would have taken that off even no, if you I, were wearing. I had a hat. the kind of hat that Ernest Hemingway wore when he went fishing with that giant bill. Oh on yes, it. yes. But I it was in church, so I took the hat off. I mean, I didn't have the hat on. Right, you take it off, of oh, course, in church. <laughs> 
But, and, it, you know, it's it, I've, it's terribly interesting. It was a very interesting place and lovely. It's just lovely. How were the locals well, t- toward the uh, oh, Very kind, the very vacation. kind. But, but, see, we were there. We were at a nice place, uh, all-inclusive type deal. Nice. Which, I, as I say, for ages 6 to 15 or 16, my God, that's the trip of a lifetime. I'm serious. They spend all day in the water. Oh, and yeah. then the entertainers come around and give the little girls dance lessons. Follow the leader, leader, leader. Yeah, and uh, in fact, the— uh, in fact, the uh, uh, the teacher, uh, the the dance teacher, yeah, became a fan of all the guys. Ah, uh, sure they do. Her name is Alcatraz. Alcatraz, because she gonna put you in prison. <laughs> no, no, she said. She said it's. I'm named for a flower, not the prison. And she said, uh, Calla Lily is called uh, Alcatraz. Right. Lock me up, right, Alcatraz. And, uh, and she would teach the kids samba. Oh, did she? Yeah, know. right. Now you may have learned a tip or two I from just so. watching. When, when so. Miss Alcatraz would roam about, um, were other people, yourself included, getting the look? No, no, no. Everyone was too preoccupied. Or was it this when she, you know, she'd be doing her dance around and doing things, and then kind of came up to your lounge chair and just kind of went. No, no, no. Ooh, that, yeah. that that wasn't it. Sour kind of. No, face no, not at all. No, no. But what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is, uh, this was over the New Year's weekend. Oh sure. Yeah. So from Friday through Tuesday, yep. It was a constant din of competing music, of competing bands. Explain. I'm I'm trying to, and you yeah. keep interrupting. Right. Uh, as I say, between the ages of six and sixteen, you were in heaven. Yep. Other than that, you're uh, you were getting sensory overload from the. You know, they had flying monkeys and, and circus elephants. And, and honest to God, it was, But here's what you want to do if you're ever going to book a trip like yeah, that. Yeah. You got to you got to go to the tour. Uh, you got to go to the website mm-hmm. of a group called Ramstein. 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 Oh, yeah. Which is a big. They are a big deal in Europe. They're a Europe. They're a Berlin death metal band. Oh wow! But they're huge. They're very popular. I don't know if I could handle it. <laughs> I have no idea why. Uh, because it's dreadful, uh, in my estimation. They and, had a hit song, Du Hast. Right. And hordes of their fans descended on, <laughs> it, it was the next door. It was the resort next door. But the band was going to play on the beach New Year's Eve night. Okay. And their uh, their followers uh, were frightening. Uh, <laughs> oh well, if you're a fan of German, you know industrial, uh, you know hard rock. This wasn't industrial. I don't know what this, but but until two in the morning. Oh. But they're also known for their stage presentation. They were shooting off mushroom clouds and nuclear bombs and and. Uh, Do you want to see if flying we can, donkeys? And, if they'll sign off on us using their music? Oh, there Is this, you go. No, maybe the, the Steiners. To expand the GL What's library. Up, Steiners. Thanks to the Steiners. And then you had the bad, you know, uh, you had the bad band uh, at the place where you were staying trying to do Eagle songs. And and so you'd you'd catch a few notes of that, and then, Wait, the, then the, the heavy metal stuff girl, would kick in. Lord. But was it, a, uh, was it a local? So it's a it was a Hispanic band trying to play Eagles? I believe so. I believe so. You know. Welcome to the Hotel California. I was standing on the corner of Winslow, Arizona. Hey, mucho gusto. Now I'm sounding like who? Groucho Marx. Hotel California. Yeah. You, you check in. I tell you, you check in. Right. You, you're not checking out. Donde esta? You're not checking out. No esta. No. And oh uh, I, I befriended a, a waiter. Uh, Margarito. No, Junior. Oh, okay. And hell of a guy. Seriously. Really a cool guy. And I said, Junior? Uh, Let's keep them coming. No. I said, Junior, 
What would it take? Uh, how much would you require yep. to go down a beach about nine o'clock tonight with a bolt cutter and cut the cords to this Ramstein BS? <laughs> and he said, "You know, Senor, I get in big trouble. Mucho dinero. No, it cost you a hundred pesos. <laughs> no, hundred pesos is about five bucks. Uh, it was great. Uh, I think the." The, the spin I would put on it is the the kids had the had a trip of a lifetime. They, well, they really good. did. It, it wasn't that the point. Pardon? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now the night Ram. These are kids who are uh, uh, separated by four hundred miles, but they're all close to each other, mm -hmm. and uh, and this has become a tradition. Although this this isn't going to happen again. Really, uh, the because uh, the, the travel agents that I know <laughs> the the agency that you use would like to uh, yeah. see if you're planning for next year already. No, if that's possible. and. Uh, it's it's too tough for the little kid. We should have known. But no, what are you gonna do? it's going to be a little difficult. But she's going to see but no, that but she's she in all the pictures. She won't remember any of it. She won't remember any of it. So she just gets like Kevin on Home Alone. Mm -hmm. She just gets right, left behind. Stay home, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it was uh, it was uh, uh, what I liked about it is it, it Puerto Vallarta is a real town uh, as opposed to the other side where like Cancun. Well, Cancun's a town, but the resorts down the coast from Cancun, they're just, they're just popped up out of the jungle. And sure. once you're there, you're not getting anywhere here. You'd hop in a cab and go downtown the old town square. It's ancient, a uh, beautiful, uh, hillside, uh, vistas, uh, you know, it's a bay surrounded by mountains. It was lovely. Absolutely lovely. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you had a, uh, a fun time. The food, seafood was. I'm I not a seafood the food, guy. But... I thought the food at this place was spectacular. Oh, good. I really did. Okay. Now the night Rammstein played was that actually New Year's Eve yes. night? Yes. Oh, so then if you were up late, then it was it was understandable. Well, many in our party uh, did the did trudge down the beach. Oh, really? Uh, to, to catch the pyrotechnics, they couldn't see the band because a fence had been erected. Oh, I sure. don't know who hired them. Uh, I, I don't know how many people were there. Uh, but mother of God, uh, that, you know what I found myself wondering? I wonder if they could actually play a song. Uh, you know, if they got you, into a, if they got into a, a nifty uh, sound room, could they play a Beatles song? Or maybe go to a ballad of some sort where they slow it down because, a bit. Because, because I don't understand the appeal of that. I grant you I'm, I'm, uh, getting up there now in, in age, but I can't imagine I would ever have enjoyed that even as a younger person. I don't. I don't. I, I like music because music is essentially happy. Music to me is essentially uplifting. Yes. You, and, and this was this was just just horrid. Just uh, you know. This, I can picture it, and it doesn't. That that would ruin that would ruin that part of the vacation. I mean, to me, uh, Metallica is the Beatles compared to these guys. Oh wow. Yeah, Metallica. Just, Metallica can't help themselves. They like to play stuff like "Whiskey in the Jar" mm -hmm. and uh, what was the Mario Rivera walk-off song? Uh, Enter Sandman. Enter Sandman, which I thought was—I think those are lyrical, uh, tuneful songs. Mm -hmm. I, I like them. There wasn't a note of these people I could ever listen to again. Not a note. Just hard driving, thunderous. Yeah, that's not. My uh, but they—they're very popular and very successful. I, love, I went to their website. I mean, they're, I the think Germans from there they're going to Paris. Music. They like us loud music. Uh, Mexicans love uh, uh, heavy metal, death metal. Man, oh, man. Because mm -hmm. no the warm-up act was a Mexican uh, death metal band that they played in the afternoon. Like this? I mean, just, just about like that? Yeah. Amigo! No mas. Hello, no mas. muchachos, muchachos. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. And uh, people there are very happy that you're there. That's... That's what keeps them going. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. They yeah. love the travel. Uh, the travel dollars coming. I learned another trick. What? what okay, yeah. 
in in you know this place probably had seven different venues to eat dinner, mm-hmm. but yeah. one of them was right on the ocean. Oh, and the food at that one was particularly enjoyable. Okay, so for the last night, I went to Junior because you, you we got in once before. But you got to get there early and stand in line. Okay. No reservations. It's like going to Moochie's on Randolph. So I went to uh, Junior. I said, Junior, it's the last night. I got 17 people. We really want to be in this place. What do I do? He says, you follow me. Oh, now you got him. And he goes, and he he, he says, I'm going to go get my boss. You study the wine list. (laughs) And I'm too stupid to realize what's coming up here. Yeah. And what's coming up is, is I'll, I'll make the long story short. To get the reservation... You got to buy a couple of bottles of very expensive wine. Oh, yeah. 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 So it would have been easier just to grease his palm and say, here you go. So the boss came out, <clears throat> and fortunately, the oldest kid I used to have was standing there. I said, You want to part you want to participate in this conversation? We're trying to get a table. We want one table for 17 people in this place. And they were going to put us upstairs. And the boss comes out and uh, he said, uh, How much does this mean to you? And I said, A whole lot. And and my kid says, <laughs> You are one hell of a negotiator. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I'm going to stay quiet, and you took it over. You take it yep, over. Here we go. And he got it down to power of attorney. He got it down to one ninety bottle, uh, ninety dollar bottle of wine. Really? Yep. But that what I learned is He's that's how you get the reservation. Yes. Right. Yeah. You get the reservation by, in other words, you're paying a bribe. Right. You're paying a bribe. But the the oldest uh, person that you used to have that you were hanging there with yeah. was smart enough to get it down to 90 and then look at you and say, I got you down to 90. Right. So here you go. Right, right. <laughs> Happy New Year. Right. right. I got you down to 90. That's the best I could do for you. But I was, uh, I was failing miserably as a negotiator, you know. Well, you had to bring in the closer. Yeah, I brought the closer in. Yeah. Well, what yeah. does this mean for you? A lot. It means a lot. I, I, you know, I don't want us to be separated. And, and uh, so and his oh. eyeball started going around like a pinball right, machine. Right, right. He said, Look we at got this one. Dummy. We're not even deep sea fishing. <laughs> no. and I hooked one right now. I'm reeling them in. <laughs> oh, oh, during the fishing trip. Yes. Did you go out far, deep sea? Oh, yeah. Giant whale that had just given birth. What? And if the guy, Juan, 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 who ran the fishing boat, uh, if he was telling the truth, and sometimes I had my doubts about right. that, uh, that whale had just given birth, which apparently is not uncommon in this Banderas Bay. And you know what was following the whale around? Uh, a school of dolphins. And Juan reason? said the dolphins were helping to protect the infant whale. I haven't had a chance to verify that yet. Huh. Nature to working together. I, yeah. I, you know what? I want to believe that. Yeah. I choose to believe that. And this whale came up once, and honest to God, it was much, much bigger than the 36-foot boat we were on. Sure. Right. And I... Uh, I'm thinking of the sink joke right now. But. Well, <laughs> what are you thinking? Um, now, with Juan, do you apply the same rule that Pat would apply to Dark Star? Who cares if the story is true? It's it's a great story. It's a great it's story. Kept, yeah. yeah. Right. But, you know, huh. we were out there three hours uh, circling the same area and only caught two fish. And a number of our group, uh, we're, 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 we started saying to each other, this guy's really committed to this area, isn't he? What what does he know that we, <laughs> we didn't go on? I would try a different spot. Right. Right. Can we go to a different? That's like me. I went fishing with some guys in Florida, deep sea fishing. And we were about, I don't know, 25 feet off of the pylons. Yeah. offshore, yeah. and they throw their lines in, and I'm looking around going, 
I thought we'd be out a little deeper than this for deep sea, but they were looking for bait. And I'll tell you this boat. Yeah. Boston she'd, Whaler? She'd been, no, it was an enclosed, you know, fishing cruiser. She uh, had a few miles on her? But she had been rode hard and put away wet, and I, I started examining the paintwork. Oh, I thought you were going to say the engine. <laughs> and it looked like a three-year-old painted it in the dark. <laughs> it was, it was, you know, I don't think they have masking tape. Well, that would be a big swash of white paint across the window. How about a little masking Let's tape? Let's throw some masking I, I bet that I can paint a boat. See, oh, that explains what happened. That guy was in that area because if the boat ever broke down, mm -hmm. they would know that's the only place he goes. Mm -hmm. So to be rescued, they would know that's where that's Jose is. Juan, Juan also told what I believe to be, upon reflection, a very off-color joke. Uh, oh. Based on the height of uh, one of the kids, he's about six six. Yep. And and Juan started doing this measurement thing. Okay. About how you know. Yeah. And sure. then you hang it here. And and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, thank God we don't understand what he's saying. Yeah. Right. Because they were also very impressionable young guys on the on just the vessel. They're nodding nervously, yeah. going. Hey, and he hey, starts and he starts hey. dragging out these lures. You know, like one lure is like two feet long. He hangs that up and hung another one up, you know, and, yep. and he, he look at me and go, this you, you know, this, this, oh. this, be, this is Senor you. Senor Jose, aquí, Senor Jose. You know what the kids did? Oh. They learned. I think so. They, they kind of grew up a little quick I think they did. Yeah. First ever groinies coming up. Two million four hundred forty thousand injured and thirty-five thousand ninety-two dead. Those are the National Safety Council injury facts from our nation's highways in 2015. Are you letting your emotions get the best of you? This isn't a Formula One race out here, people. Federated Insurance reminds us that these are much more than statistics. These are your family members, friends, and neighbors. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. You get anxious when you're driving. Not really any need to. Do you yell or honk at other drivers that make you angry? That's emotions taking over. Don't let your emotions take control. Do you uh, try to retaliate to even the score for another driver's actions? That'll never serve you any good. Stop it. The National Safety Council reports that aggressive driving plays a role in 56% of fatal crashes, and emotions cause the aggressive driving. Don't become a statistic. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Make it home safe tonight. Truth, Justice, and the Suture. Sometimes public officials or public figures say things so ridiculous that we needed to create a new category for them. They, they literally they needed to be kicked in the groin, right? We're not we're not preaching violence, but there was no other response. Uh, may we have the fanfare for these first ever groiny awards, if you would be so kind? I know you've had about two or three weeks to prepare this. Well, I don't know about that long. It was a little in a couple holidays in between there, but uh, here's uh, here's what we got. Are All you right. ready for the groinies? There's no groinies like our groinies, like our groinies we know. Sometimes they are a little shorter. Sometimes groinies can be very long. If you say it on the radio, we'll put it into a song. We'll put it into a song. <laughs> Thank you. After all these Thank you. years, this is what I get. Thank you. This is what I get. Appreciate you. Honest to God, help me. Appreciate it all, everybody. Are you ready? 
Oh, that's right. I got to find these. Uh, yes. The first groiny uh, went to, and this is Feb 7 of 2018. May I ask a quick question? Sure. Are we are these categories, or are we just awarding them based upon? Uh, no categories. No categories. No categories. Just gotcha. A, some of them, we even have the audio. Yes. Uh, you know, a real show would have audio for all of them. but We can't play all of them. No. Because- Feb 7, 2018, Justin Trudeau, uh, what's he, the Prime Minister of Canada? That's yes. right. Uh, he received the first groiny for, uh, for this. To also look into the policies that religious charitable organizations have in our legislation so that it can also be changed because maternal love is the love that's going to change the future of mankind. So we'd like you to look uh, we, we like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind, because uh, yeah. it's more inclusive. There we go, exactly. <laughs> yes, thank you. We can all learn from each other. No, I'm going to kick that moron. <laughs> that deserves this. On March 19th, uh, we discovered uh, Trayon White, a Washington, D.C. city councilman uh, who was lamenting some bad weather in Washington and uh, actually uh, taped himself saying this. Man, it just started snowing out of nowhere this morning, man. Y'all better pay attention to this climate control, man. It's climate manipulation. And D.C. keep talking about we're a resilient city. And that's a model based off the Rothschilds controlling the climate to create natural disasters. They can pay for it and own the cities, man. Be careful. That deserves this. Apparently, the Rothschilds are controlling the climate. Ah. Mm-hmm. Do we have audio for a guy named Isaiah Thomas, product of his environment? I don't recall what that one was. Do you? Uh, we do not have audio of that one. Uh, on April 20, we discovered this uh, Rhonda Girard from Fresno State. Uh, I don't think we have. Do we have audio of her? We do not. She, she deserved a groin kick because she said really uh, unkind things upon the death of Barbara Bush. Yes. So give Rhonda Girard a groin that kick. That deserves this. We don't have audio. Was, wasn't that just a tweet? It was tweets, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on May 3rd, there was a guy. Uh, we got a file here, don't we? Uh, yes. There was a guy who uh, he wanted to, uh, he was 103 or something, and he wanted to end his life. Uh, because he didn't like it. And we thought, you know, of all the miserable things, you should be grateful. Uh, you should What's be grateful. Goodell? Goodell? Goodall? What the hell's his name? Roger Goodell. Right here. 104-year-old Australian scientist flew to Switzerland uh, to end his life because he greatly regrets, regrets living to his advanced age. Uh, he's a botanist and ecologist named David Goodall. A groin kick, this moron. I greatly regret having reached that age. And if one chooses uh, to kill oneself, then that should be fair enough. That deserves this. On May 24th, we uh, we found the guy who wouldn't leave home, the 30-year-old 30 30 guy who wouldn't leave home. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, hell. Uh, this, you, di- you didn't leave these in very good order for me, son. I left them the way you came. Did I, did I give them to you this way? I didn't way? want to mess up the order. That's uh, okay, though. Uh, what's David something? Uh, David, I don't have his last name. Well, again. Uh, but we don't have audio of that. No, but it, it needs to. Uh, here it is. Here <clears> it needs is. an explanation here for the is. groin kick. He said, I'm too busy to get a job. 
his name is Michael Rotondo, 30. Uh, he uh, was evicted from his parents' home by a judge, uh, but he didn't want to leave because he didn't think it was fair that he should be asked to go out and get a job because he was too busy, and we never did discover what he was too busy doing, some sort of technical work, he claims, on the computer. So uh, Michael, Michael, Michael Rotondo got a groin kick. The notion that, you know, that I'm just out of there it really seems, you know, very most unreasonable. That deserves this that was him coming out of court yeah the parents put up with quite a lot there didn't they? i think they did on june 22nd we had to change the name of an ice cream uh, to make it more inclusive <coughs> right yeah what was that uh, uh, i mean vanilla I vanilla well it's one. a family of a mixed race mixed race family oh i do remember this. Uh, yes. says that bluebell should change the name of the great divide a mixture of chocolate and vanilla ice cream Two boys suggested the ice cream should instead be called Better Together. Uh, and and uh, we thought that you have time to bring that up. There's a picture of these people here. Uh, uh, Tracy Schmedley is the mother. Two of my sons and one of their friends wanted to write you a message about something they considered recently. Thank you in advance for taking the time to read this letter and considering their perspective on changing the name of your ice cream. We gave the mom, Tracy, a groin kick. That that's, that's a deserves this. Uh, why did Stephen Colbert get one on July? On Kavanaugh. On July 11th. Oh, yeah. uh, he was uh, he was ripping uh, Brett Kavanaugh for having the name uh, Supreme Court Justice with the name Brett. Oh, that's right. And then he went on to um, to kind of mock him in a in a fake. Call uh, him frat boy. Yeah, restaurant. Like he was a waiter. Right. Did we? Have I audit? don't know much about Kavanaugh, but I'm skeptical uh, because his name is Brett. That's funny. That sounds less like a Supreme Court justice and more like a waiter at Ruby Tuesdays. Hey, everybody, I'm Brett. I'll be your Supreme Court justice tonight. Before you sit down, let me just clear away these rights for you. That deserves this. That's what passes now for oh. a comedy monologue on late-night television. Over the break, I took in a couple. I, I lasted about five minutes. Mm. It's so bad. Al Sharpton got one on August 20. Do we know why? Yes, Al Sharpton, um, this was, uh, Aretha Franklin had passed, and he commented on respect, and then... Oh, he spelled it wrong. He spelled it wrong. Yeah. But I think you might have learned a lesson this week. Sometimes the dog bites back with a book deal. And while we're talking about female canines, you know what they say about payback? It's a real... Well, you... I'm sure you know the word I'm thinking of. So in the words of my late friend Aretha Franklin, show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. <laughs> and the next time Respect. you get a black woman and a beagle confused, remember this. I got you. That what? deserves this. <laughs> R-E-S-P-I-C-T. Play that again. I'm not gonna spell receipt. I forgot. <laughs> Show me some receipt. Uh-huh. Here we go again. But I think you might have learned a lesson this week. Sometimes the dog bites back with a book deal. And while we're talking about female canines, you know what they say about payback? It's a real well, you I'm sure you know the word I'm thinking of. I don't. So in the words 
of my late friend Aretha Franklin show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. Hot damn. And the next time you get a black woman and a beagle confused, remember this. I got you. Okay, thanks, oh, God. Receipt. Yeah, show me some receipt. <laughs> uh, that is fabulous. There was a woman... Wait, Boston we... professor who claimed Jingle Bells is racist. Oh, yeah. yes. Because it was first performed uh, in vaudevillian blackface, and she claims that that was racist. I don't think we have any audio of that moron. We don't. Do we? What's that? And uh, that's it. Um, well, why did Clinton get what one? What was the tenure oh, teacher? Clinton, Clinton. That's that Rhonda Girard. The one that was Bar- Barbara Bush. Which I wonder if... We found some well, hell, audio. they're all tenured. But I, I think we found some audio of that teacher speaking, but not the audio that you cited, but this was her. And hones their writer's voice is by telling people to shut the f*** up when oh, they yeah. annoy them. That's her. Um, you know, call them out for their inappropriate and spilling out masculinity. That deserves this. People pay money to go to school and get taught by the likes of her. Well, you're not being taught. You're being indoctrinated. Right. Uh, former President Bill Clinton insisted he doesn't owe a personal apology to Monica Lewinsky as she shot back at criticism of their affair uh, spurred by the Me Too movement in a heated interview that aired Monday. I apologize to everybody in the world, Clinton said, adding that he has no plans to apologize to the former White House intern. I do not. I've never talked to her, but I did say publicly on more than one occasion that I was sorry. That's very different. The apology was public. He didn't. Uh, he didn't want to. Pu- did you ever uh, apologize and, to her? No. Yes, and nobody believes. Not yes. That I got out of that for free. I left the White House sixteen million dollars in debt. What? But you typically have ignored gaping facts in describing this, and I bet you don't even know them. This was litigated 20 years ago. Two-thirds of the American people sided with me. They were not insensitive to that. I had a sexual harassment policy when I was governor in the 80s. Really? I had two women chiefs of staff when I was governor. Women were overrepresented in the attorney general's office in the 70s for their percentage in the bar. I've had nothing but women leaders in my office since I left. I bet. I bet. <laughs> so oh, yeah, he got, got a groin kick. We got to get him. Yeah. That deserves this. Ooh, not there. And just most <laughs> recently, uh, Michael Bloomberg, just a week or so ago, 10 days ago or so, uh, used the private jet to fly ice from Greenland or Iceland to London mm-hmm. to put it on display so it could melt. And that was his example of uh, climate change. We that, don't have audio. No, that one we don't have audio. No, but he could, you got to groin kick him. Uh, yes. Yeah, Michael Bloomberg, the mayor. Uh, he's not that allowed. Deserves this. He he entered the uh, he entered the ranks of those who cannot lecture us. You don't use a private jet to fly ice to London for purposes of the ice melting. You've demonstrated nothing except stupidity. Nothing except stupidity. <laughs> there, ladies and gentlemen, are your 2018. 
groinies. There's no groinies like our groinies, like our groinies we know. Sometimes they are a little shorter. Sometimes groinies can be very long. If you say it on the radio, we'll put it into a song. We'll put it into a song. There you have it. 2019 first podcast of the new year. You're more, less than one click away from more Garage Logic. Check us out on garagelogic.com. And uh, if you want a new, a very easy New Year's resolution, spread the word about Garage Logic. Neighbors, friends, hopefully you already did that during Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's, etc. Check it all out, garagelogic.com. And we'll be back for more soon. Thank you.